The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. I love Frasier, and I wanted to live in Seattle. And yeah. I was like, I want to be on the radio, and I want to, I want to live in Seattle. I want to be Frasier Crank. You wanted to be Frasier Crank? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities, ladies and gentlemen. Jackie wants to be Frasier Crank. I don't know. I'm not saying I still do. I'm just saying that at one point I did. <laughs> well, you've come the closest that you can, I think. I guess you're right, except for, I mean... You know, at times Henry can be like David Hyde Pierce. <laughs> I can see, I can see the, the similarities. You know, yeah. he can be somewhat fastidious at times. Oh yes, just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> he can be, you know, shall we say, pedantic? Oh my God, you're my Roz. <laughs> <laughs> I am. You're my Roz. Oh, all I ever wanted to be was a middle-aged woman struggling with being middle-aged. And my dad is ex NYPD, just like uh, John. Maloney. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I'm Fraser Crane. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, today we are going to be <laughs> speaking of uh, Fraser Crane ish things. Uh, I hit upon something pretty fucking sweet in, in therapy today this, or uh, this week. Uh, and, like, and, and some weeks in, in therapy is what, what can be described as uh, victory laps. Like, where just everything's going fucking great in your life. Like, where everything you were, it's, like, maintained. It's it's a, it's gaining a level, essentially, right. where it's like, okay, I'm feeling great right now. I'm happier than I've been in I don't know how long. How do I maintain this? Like, what is, like, how do I keep those negative thoughts from coming back? And uh, my therapist, I mean, she described it uh, a great way because you can live with negativity and depression. Especially and, when you're used to it. Well, exactly. You live with it for so long, and it becomes uh, such a normal part of your day. It's just a given where it's like there's going to be problems today. I'm not going to be able to handle them. It's going to get overwhelming, and the negativity is just going to take me over, and I'm going to have nothing but shitty thoughts and have a shitty day and take it out on other people. Uh, so that's just the way it is. But all that's changed. Over in the last couple of months, you know, things have really turned around for me in a lot of different ways. Uh, and so, but I've still been getting those negative thoughts coming in, like negative, you know, negative, uh, I guess, influences from people. Because that, if, if it's not there, your mind just makes it up. Exactly. You know, it's like, it, no, it's still in there. It's it, still in there. It's still there. It's still there. And the way she described it was as a phantom limb. Interesting. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, that really struggled. Like, you know, if you, if, in case you don't know, uh, a phantom limbs. Sometimes when people lose a body part, even something as small as a finger, they still feel it. Like their brain has become so used to that being just a regular part of their nerve system that they can still feel it. People who have their arms, you know, cut off, amputated for whatever reason, they still physically feel. It. They'll feel tingling where there's nothing there. They'll feel pain sometimes where there's nothing there. Uh, and that's kind of how the negativity went is that I'm still kind of feeling that and it's still pushing its way into my brain, even though it's not actually there. There's no reason for it. There's no uh, motivation behind it. It just suddenly can't like last, it was last week. It's like I was having, I was on a, a, a Saturday 
uh, and I was, or a Friday actually, and I was just having a fucking fantastic day. I had woke up, I woke up feeling absolutely fucking great, and the day for hours, like it was just like fucking amazingly happy. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, this negativity started just creeping into my brain. This kind of a depression type thing just started creeping in, and it didn't come from anywhere. It wasn't triggered by anything. It just, it was like clouds going over the sun, and there wasn't really much that I could do to stop it. I just, it just brought itself over me. Uh, and eventually I was able to move past it. Eventually the clouds moved past. recognize it and see it for what it is. Yeah, and it's like, what is this? What's the reason for this? And it just eventually passed. Uh, but I was wondering, like, why, why that happens, you know? And it, I guess it's just because I lived with that negativity for so long. And I guess, and I know a lot of people that deal with that once they come out of bad things, so they come out of like extremely stressful periods, bad years, you know, or some people bad decades uh, that struggle with you know negativity and depression, all that type of shit, is that you know sometimes those after effects, uh, I guess aftershocks you could also call them, like tremors that still reverberate throughout your life into the happy times, and you know I guess is the question is well, how do you deal with that? Like, what do you do? Like, you, you, you've had uh, a very stressful couple of weeks, extremely, so, very busy, a lot of conflict, but all of that ended yesterday, but today you had a, a bit of an incident, we could call it. Yeah, it, it's been, uh, I, I happen to, which I do this to myself often, but the past two weeks was like a record for how how overbooked I had booked myself. As a lot of people that listen to Roundtable notice, I haven't been there in the past, what, three or four weeks? The past three weeks, and yeah. And so, you know, it takes a lot for me to miss podcasts, but when I'm that overbooked, it's just, you know, how the cookie crumbles sometimes. And yesterday was the end of it, and I felt this insane release. I had an amazing night last night, and today I had off, and I was, like, feeling so great this morning. I went to an audition, and then... It was as little as that I was on the bus on the way here and I was already running late. So when I run, I can't, I hate when I run late. It, like it immediately sends me almost into a panic attack. And then the drawbridge started going up on the bridge that I was on in the bus. And I know that that takes about 20 minutes. And I could feel myself immediately starting to flip out. Like to, to the stress level that I've been at for the past two weeks that like I just took like a day 24 hour break from it and like it felt natural to be that angry and that stressed out that when I showed up here and I looked at Marcus and I just spewed it out and I spewed it out and I spewed it out I was like and then and I'm on the fucking bus and I just released all of it and I just sat here eating my cheeseburger and, he, and he's nodding. just nodding and listening and nodding and listening mm -hmm. and then I said okay Okay. Yeah. Now I'm done. I needed, I felt like my body needed it to be like, hey, remember what you've been like? And remember how great you felt for the past 24 hours? It's still here. But you have to acknowledge it, release it, and move on. Mm -hmm. And now I feel a lot better. But it was just insane how your body can just go zero to 900 within, I mean, especially me, because I'm, you know, I've got those. I got those things, <laughs> uh, but it, it, it just, it, I think it, the big part of it is rather than which how many years in the past when I would go through something like that, 
where I would swallow it and be like, no, I'm happy. Mm -hmm. I'm happy right now. Don't do this. Please don't do this. Please don't do this. And like to a point that I would get so upset that like, because I can't control it and I just plead with myself to make it go away. Whereas it's okay to release it. Mm -hmm. It's okay to say how you're feeling as long as you acknowledge it and move on. Exactly. Rather than, or on the opposite side where like it took me all those years to get to this point of being able to release it where, or I would talk about it for the next five hours and then I would think about it later on in the day like remember that? Remember I was on the fucking bus? <laughs> but I released it and I'm done. Yeah. And there's also a big difference between releasing it and taking it out on other people. Exactly. Because I wasn't mad at Marcus. No, not at all. I and I made that. And I very didn't clear. feel any anger coming towards me. Right. I felt anger being released from you like stink from a skunk. Yes. And that's a, but it's very important, especially when you're talking to a friend, when you're talking to a coworker or a significant other, that if you hit a point like that where you need to release that making it clear that you're not mad at them. Mm-hmm. And not just being like I'm not mad at you it's just it is a conscious effort to not direct it at another person absolutely and you and like when you say that it's hard to be like well how do you not direct it you know what I mean it is different if I sit here and stew and then do a bad podcast and I keep it all in and or if I'm just like pretending as if it's Marcus's fault I think it's all in the eye contact and the pointing yes if you you make (laughs) specific eye contact and point at someone while you're doing it then that's very aggressive like that's very aggressive behavior exactly but you were just pacing back and forth and waving your uh, hands in the air a whole bunch uh, and that was just, and by and when I say stink from a skunk, I didn't mean like it you had. You stink? <laughs> you saying I'm a stinky? I didn't, I didn't mean that it filled the room with stink or anything like that. I, I just meant that. I admitted it, was, it. Yeah. It was more just, you know, just literally steam, you know, or not literally, but figurative steam, you know, where just letting some steam off, which that is, you know, when people say that, uh, like letting some steam off, it, it's, it really is true. Like, it really is something that you need to do. Uh, every once in a while, especially when you've got problems with anger, but I think and that, stress, anger and stress yes. both. And I think that with the, I, I like that analogy of a phantom limb, where that you can accept that it is a large part of your life. Yeah, you know, and, and as long you have to deal with it, it's something that you get through. But things like the past two weeks, what I do when I'm ha- when I know that it's not just a phantom limb, I had extra multiple limbs of negativity over on me over the past two weeks, and I acknowledged it, and I just moved forward. I didn't take it out on anyone. But when you set up short goals for yourself, where now it's my phantom limb. Now I can acknowledge, yes, I was filled with negativity. And now I can look back and accept that I was a monster for a little while. And everyone around me accepted that I was a monster, which I very much appreciate, Marcus. You're never a monster to me. <laughs> I'm never a, mar- <laughs> never a monster to you. <laughs> yeah, it's like we are always like, oh, I'm a monster. Uh, the, mo- the most is just to be sitting on an email and just be like, you know, it's only till Tuesday. Yeah, it'll be, be it'll be fine. I I I get it. You know, don't don't worry about it. Just it's only t- t- till Tuesday. Just hold on till then, and but that's now, the extent of it. Right. But now this week it is dealing with the fact that I can smile. Yeah. I can. I'm. It's okay that when I randomly think like, why am I not stressed out? It's okay. Yeah. And maybe that's a good thing to uh, to address is that how do you? Because we all have those weeks 
where we know, all right, the next two weeks or the next month is going to suck. Right. Like, I'm going to be extremely busy. I'm going to have to do a lot of things that I really don't want to do. I'm going to have to deal with people in ways that I don't want to deal with them. How do you get through that? Like, how do you see that light at the end of the tunnel? How do you focus on that? That's it. You focus on it. Yeah. I mean, it was, especially when it's like sleep deprivation is heavily played into it, which mine was, and having to be on every second of the day that I was awake, you know, in some form or another, like performing in some way, that knowing that I was going to be able to shut off and having a date and knowing that is what got me through it. And you just focus on that. And you say, you breathe in and out and... And when I was talking to that girl that did the Broadway show, was I talking about that last week? Oh, uh, that would, yeah, I think you talked about that on page seven. Okay, but what she's really, she really fucking helped me. Uh, and she's one of the girls I was working with on this project. And she was going from, you know, uh, record, she was filming all morning and then she had a Broadway show at two and she was going to come back and do a voiceover and had another Broadway show at eight. Broadway. Whoa. And she was like, I was like, how do you do it? Thinking my schedule's insane and then being around a bunch of other people whose schedules are insane, she's like, you just take where you are and you say, I am present now. I'm not going to think about, I'm not even going to think about the next hour. I am present now and I'm going to deal with the next chapter of my day when I get to that chapter. And rather than it's just dealing with the day in segments rather than the whole day, which I'm very bad. Usually I'll, I'll write out a schedule of my day. And sometimes that spins me even to more panic attack when mm -hmm. I look at it. But hearing that from someone else that was just as strapped for time as I was really made me, I was like, you're right. You're right. I needed to hear, like, sometimes I feel like fates align or some kind of bullshit that she, I needed her specifically to tell me that at that moment it was at the beginning of the two weeks and I was just like okay mm -hmm. you're right I'm gonna take it step by step and we're gonna get through it step by step and I mean it didn't stop me from crying at five o'clock in the morning when I woke up because I did almost every single day mm -hmm. but I cried alone and then I fucking put on my makeup and I left the house <laughs> and I didn't cry for the rest of the day I cried alone <laughs> put, put on my makeup <laughs> because it's just like yeah, sounds just, like a fucking Barbara Mandrell song <laughs> hide it hide the sadness because as a performer you hide it you, uh, unfortunately sometimes you just have to and yeah. you just do it and you make everyone laugh and you do it and and knowing that you're doing a good job, you know, it helps propel you forward and now is dealing with the come down of it and trying to deal with the like, oh, I'm off tomorrow. I don't want to leave the house at all, but I have to. Yeah. There's, I, you know, it's life. Yeah. You so got laundry to do. to do. Yes. There's some things <laughs> I have to do, you know, but it's good. And we move on and we hit these victories. You made a victory lap. It's my fucking victory lap. And then. I wait until you hit the shit again. But <laughs> yeah. that's fucking living, man. Yeah, it's living. We're all gonna hit the shit again. We're never none of us I'm gonna hit the shit again, you know? Like I but I'm not it's sitting how you here. you deal with it. I'm not sitting here and focusing um right. when I hit the shit again, which I have done for many and many a year. Uh and just thinking it's like, yep, okay, everything's great right now, but okay, it's all gonna fall apart any second. Something's gonna happen, something's gonna come in. To, Live in the present. Yeah. And you know what, man? That's what I did today. Like something happened today that which could have Easily ruined my fucking day. Easily ruined my day. Hell, could have ruined my week. Yes. If I let it, you know, but I didn't. 
You know, I didn't think worst case scenario, what's going to happen now? What's going to happen now? What's going to happen now? I didn't think about any of that, you know, and I haven't thought about any of that. And I got over it. What before would have taken me a day to get over it. I got over in 10 minutes. And you were perfectly fine. Dude, I'm fucking resting on the, uh, on the fucking desk right now with my elbows on the desk just being like, hey, how you doing, everybody? But it's acknowledging it. Yeah. It's saying you sit afterward after some, you know, if you get into an argument with somebody or, or something pisses you off and you just, okay, okay, release, release, release. Okay, mm-hmm. now I'm done. Now I am ready. I have gotten it out of my system. It's just like getting the poison out. It's almost like figuratively squeezing your stomach, <laughs> making yourself burp it out, mm-hmm. and then... You ain't got no more gas in you. <laughs> Either way, it's going to come out mm-hmm. up top or down bottom, <laughs> and you release it, and then you feel much better. But just remember, don't direct it at anyone. No. <laughs> Possibly go into the other room I mean, if even, you have to, or at least across, just sit across the room. What I did with you, Marcus, and the way I just released that emotion, I wouldn't have been able to do in front of most people. Yeah. Because most people would take it in a different way. I know that you know me, but because usually I would do that by myself. Mm-hmm. I would go into a bathroom and just talk to myself. Oh, to I do that out. all the time. Yeah. At work, I do that. I go in, I talk, I look at myself in the mirror, and I talk to myself, and I talk myself down, and, and then you get past it. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I talk myself, I mean, hell, I, I had a pretty good conversation with myself last night, you know, where I was kind of pissed off about something and I just talked it out and I felt fucking great afterwards. Uh, and sometimes you just have to do that. You know, sometimes you have someone that you can text or call or see in person to let that shit out. But every once in a while, you do have to deal with it on your own. Uh, and I would say, honestly, most of the time you have to deal with it on your own. And it's and important to trust yourself to know that you can do it by yourself. Exactly. Like it's not, that's not to say that you can't depend on other people or that you shouldn't depend on other people. You shouldn't. It's great to have people in your life that you can depend on. But every once in a while, those people just aren't available. Uh, it's, and it's not because they don't care about you. And it's not because uh, they don't uh, think that you're worth their time or anything like that. It's just sometimes it just can't happen. Uh, And you've got to be able to depend on yourself at least a little bit, at least having a baseline of being able to depend on yourself. And once you have that, then life gets more manageable. And I think that's what a lot of people out there, you know, need. uh, And what a lot of us strive for is just first you make life manageable. Once you make life manageable, then you can work on being happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One, you get that shit manageable first. Don't, you know, don't try to old, old cliche. Don't try to, you know, run before you can crawl. You know, make your shit manageable first. And then once you get that, then every you can work on shit past that. And another thing I was thinking about is that, you know, they say, you know, and I, and I think we've even talked about it a little bit on, uh, on the show as well. Uh, and people writing in, uh, with, uh, having negative people in their life, negative influences. Uh, and what comes to mind is, uh, the, the girl who wrote in that lived with her grandmother, her and her little brother ran with the, uh, lived with her grandmother and she was an extremely negative person, bad influence. Uh, but she wasn't really able to do anything about it. Right. Uh, and it's not cutting negative people and negative things out of your life because a lot of times you can't most of the time like that's just not an option you know sometimes it has to do with uh, you know sometimes it has to do with uh with family sometimes it has to do with work sometimes it has to do with friends sometimes 
there's just no option to cut those negative people out. You know, not unless you want to drastically change your life and send ripples throughout your life that will probably fuck up a lot of other things. Uh, so I think that the uh, that also has a lot to do with managing. Like it's manage managing how to deal with it. It's managing how to deal with those negative people in those negative situations uh, and just not letting them get stuck in your head for hours or days at a time. And also we were talking about that earlier is, is remembering sometimes if, if someone is really being negative at you, it's very difficult to think about the flip side, but you have to remember where they're coming from. Yes. And it's really important, especially when you're in a good place and you have someone that's not in such a good place, you know, whether it's a friend, coworker, anything, that you know what's going on with them. It doesn't mean they should be talking to you in the way that they are. But remembering what they're going through, remembering like, oh, but I know that that's happening to them right now and that's why they're saying these things helps you also to manage how to deal with people you're forced to be around like that mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah, it really does. And uh, just getting some empathy for people, that helps out so much. Yeah. Being able to manage. So like just said, just remembering that, yeah, everybody goes through, we have, none of us have any idea what's going on in anyone else's lives at the core, like what's going on in their heads. We have, yeah, sure, we have some idea what's going on in their lives, but really, you know, hell, somebody, maybe their favorite uncle's sick, you know, or maybe they're having a hard time paying their bills. You don't really know. Not to say that you have to take shit from every single person that gives you shit. There are limits, uh, but a little bit of empathy goes a long way. All right, well, let's get to our letters for today. All right. Uh, our first one, what's we going to call this girl? Rock snake. <laughs> <laughs> Rock snake. Is it a snake made out of rocks or is it a snake that lives in the rocks? I don't know. It's a rock snake. <laughs> Dear Marcus and Jackie, <laughs> I want to start off by saying that I adore you guys. This podcast and the other CCR podcasts get me through the day. You guys are the best. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Rock Snake. Right now, I'm struggling with the idea of going back to school. I'm 22 and I'm currently stuck in a shitty temp job that, when I applied, was told would last three months. That was two years ago. I hate it more than I've ever hated anything. I sit at a desk in front of a computer for eight hours a day doing the same menial task over and over again. I'm miserable. I've spent the past few years trying to figure out what it is that I want to do with my life, and I think I finally figured it out. I know what I want and I know what it's going to take, but I'm scared I won't be able to handle it. I want to become a pathologist assistant. That requires a bachelor's in biology, and then I have to get a master's from a pathology assistance program. It just sounds like so much. I went to college uh, for film right after high school because I thought that was what I had to do, and I only lasted a semester. I hated it and quickly spiraled into a dark place. While I believe the reasons why I did so poorly were because I wasn't ready for college and just picked a major based off what interests me at 17, I'm still scared of the idea of going back. I know myself better now. I've got my mental health under control. I know that, unlike film, this isn't just some passing interest of a naive teenager, but it's a lot to handle. I'm afraid that if I go through with this, I will crash and burn the way that I did four years ago. I don't know what to do. Any advice you have would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Rock snake. You did it right. Yeah, man. You gotta trust yourself. You have to. It's it's I honestly think that the way that our system is set up is that you should go right from high school 
into the real world for a few years. Yeah. I think that that's the best way to figure out what the fuck is going on. Because I think a lot of people pay a lot of money to go to undergrad for something that they don't want to do. Because you're like, well, this. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I'm good at this, so I guess I'll do this. But you don't fucking know yourself exactly. Unless it was something that you've known that you wanted to do your entire fucking life. It's your whole life path. It's what you've always wanted to do. But for most people, they don't know what they fucking want when mm. you leave high school. It's hard to go like right from you're like, yeah, but I'm just like just getting to know myself. How am I supposed to know what I want to do for the rest of my life? And you did the best fucking thing. Don't even see that as a screw up of you going to college for a semester. You just unlike a lot of us listen to yourself yeah. <laughs> and I know you probably did it in the wrong way but like that's what dealing with mental illness and all of that but you got all your shit under control and now you're listening to yourself and you know what you want and, and you're still very young yes and you can fucking do it it's like I, I, I think you shouldn't have a fucking second of thought it is it will take time of course however you want to do it and it's going to fly by because it's something that you want to do. And it's going to be worth the money because it's what you want to do. And also, you're doing something to help people, which is we need. Yeah. Now. That's <laughs> fucking know? awesome. Pathologist. Yeah, that's fucking great. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. And, like, it's a very specific, like, it's also very specific that you know what you want to do. Uh, you just got to fucking jump. Yeah, man. Do it, man. It is, you are going to be so happy. And even if you have to work that job a few days out of the week to make some extra cash, Knowing that you're working towards something greater will make a day job a million times easier. Yeah. You know, long, like, you know, rather than just, oh, I'm just going to this job. I hate this job. I'm in this rut because it's easy to spiral out mm -hmm. when you're in that place. And you can use this job or once you get into school, the memory of this job, you can use it in two ways. You could use it in a good way and use it in a bad way. The bad way is to use it as a source of fear. That if you don't do this, if you're not able to, to, if you don't have, or as you think, if you don't have what it takes to do this, then you're going to end up back in that menial little job and that fear will overtake you and you can eventually end up back there. Or you can use it as inspiration. Inspiration where no fucking way am I going to be going back to that temp job? There's no way that I'm going to do that. And if I don't study for this test tonight, if I don't get my fucking grades up and keep my grades up and write the best fucking paper that I possibly can, then I might end up back there. That's what I use my shitty past day jobs for inspiration. It's like, if I don't get this shit done, if I don't do a good job, then yes, I will end up back in a job that I don't like doing nothing. Like doing like that fear. Um, well, I mean, I guess it's a, it is a little still a little bit of fear. Yeah, I guess I do use uh, you can that use fear. fear to propel you forward. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. I do use that fear to um, uh, to propel me, but I don't let that fear um, paralyze me. But that's the that's the difference. Yeah, Par being paralyzed by the fear is staying in this job. Being paralyzed by the fear is not going back to school. But if the second you start, and if you get into it and you realize, maybe this isn't specifically what I want to do, every day it is an opportunity for change. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to remember that you're never stuck, that the next day you can always choose again. And it's like, yeah, maybe at the end of the semester, if you realize, oh, no, I want to, like, tweak this and go this way, there is always time for change. 
And remembering that, I think, also makes a jump not as scary because it's not like you're going to be put into a prison of becoming a pathologist's assistant. It's not like, <laughs> this is it for my life. Because it's the same as, you know, a lot of people are in college for a really long time because they keep changing their fucking majors. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know what you want when you're 18 years old. You shouldn't be going to college when you're 18. Yeah. You know, I, I would have saved a lot of fucking money, that's for sure. And a lot of people would have. And just remember that that wasn't a failure. You saved yourself a lot of money. You saved yourself from <laughs> debt. Yes. And debt is a prison in and of itself. And now you, you know, you might have to take out loans and stuff to go to work towards this next goal, but it's towards a goal you want. And that makes it worth it. Something that you know that you want. And yes. the fact that you said, I've finally figured it out. Think about that. Think about that fucking sentence right there. I finally figured it out. That is a sentence that most people wait their entire lives to say. Uh, and that is, ex- it is extremely fortunate. And you're also very, uh, and you also know yourself well enough, which is also another difficult thing to do, to be able to say with conviction, I finally figured it out. I finally figured out what I want to do. And that's lucky. And you can't let that go to waste. You cannot let that fortune, and you know, not just fortune, but something that you did on your own, something you figured out on your own, you can't let that go to waste. You have to act on this. You owe it to yourself. I think it's fucking awesome. I, you know, it, it, it's hard to go back, mm-hmm. I feel like. You know, it's definitely as something that I've mused about for a few years and I continue to muse about, but the only reason what that's stop, the only thing that's stopping me is that I don't. I don't have that conviction just yet. I haven't found something specific that I'm like, this is it. I have to do this. And that's where you have to be to make that jump again, to get back into that debt, to do all that. But when you have that, that is just a gift that most people don't have. Yeah. And I believe in you, man. It's going to be fucking awesome. And you're going to get out of that job and you're going to feel a million times better and everything will work out. And then soon you're going to be doing a victory lap. Yeah. You're gonna love it, man. And just try, yeah, just ah, very happy I'm for proud you. Of very you. proud of yeah. you. Very excited for you. Fucking go out there and do it, man. It's time. Hell yeah. All right, next letter. What are we gonna call it? Call call this dude, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went a little batty. That's okay. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> How about um. Uh, uh, I'm, I still think about Rock Snake. Um, <laughs> star Grabber. <laughs> Not a gazer. You're grabbing, grabbing the star. Star Grabber. Star Grabber. Hey, Marcus. Hey, Jackie. Here's something I've had on my mind for years now. So when I was about 14, I realized I was gay. The problem was that I didn't want that label. I didn't relate to the stereotypically flamboyant homosexual. Even now, at the age of 23, I'm not attracted to any flamboyant men. Now, I'm kind of halfway stuck in the process of coming out, which, frankly, makes me feel like a coward. I'm the youngest of three boys. My middle brother is straight, and my oldest is also gay. Let's call it the Kissel Syndrome. When I was around 11, I overheard my brother coming out to my parents in their bedroom. I could hear my dad hysterically crying. I've still yet to see my dad shed a single tear in my life besides that night. He then went into a rage, screaming at him that he's wrong, that he can change, and it escalated into more words that I'd rather not mention. This was the day that I lost all respect for my father. Now, both my parents are very accepting of him and include his boyfriend in any family plans we have. 
It makes me happy that a mindless drone marine, such as my father, can change for the better, but my problem is I hold grudges. I look at my own struggle of coming out and can't imagine being brave enough to do so and getting that reaction from my own father. Thank you so much for everything you all do. The world could use a lot more people like you two, along with all the people who are part of CCR. I wish you all your wildest dreams. Star Grabber. Thank you, Star Grabber. You know, I have two very close friends that, I mean, this, I've, I've heard this story. Yeah. yeah. Not saying that, like, I've heard this story before, <laughs> but I have two best friends that are, I, I mean, I know this, where you're not, like, overtly gay, and, like, one of them was like, oh, but they should have known by now. One of them didn't come out until they were 29, the other one came out when he was 25. And it's hard thing do to I do. Do I know one with. of these friends? You know both of these friends. Okay, yeah. And it, one of them, yes, it is. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, continue. That it was something that like, oh, well, they should know by now that I'm gay. And the other one was very much bro dude, you know, is very, and like has siblings that are not gay. And yeah, it, bro it, dude, never in a million years would I have guessed. Right. Had I not been told. Right. And... Not that that's bad or different. It's just who he fucking is. Of course not. And both of them had specifically bad times talking to their fathers about this, which is unfortunately understandable because uh, I'm not for all dads, but, you know, older men, especially with military background, they don't it's like the perspective of it and remembering that they are not as free to be who they are. They weren't at the time and now we have all of we have a lot more freedoms than they used to. Yeah, military uh, the military does not encourage an open mind. Right. Unfortunately. And they both did it and it was hard and it was exactly what you were talking about where it's just the worst kind of for a bit. And they both got past it. Because it's more important to be who you are in front of your parents. If you're close to your parents, which obviously you are because you're worried about talking to them. Because if you didn't love and respect your parents, even though you say you lost respect for your father, you wouldn't care. You'd yeah. be like, yeah, I'm gay. I don't give a fuck what you think about it. But most people care about what their parents think. And the fact that they've grown past it with your older brother says a lot. Yes. It's a shock to a lot of certain kinds of parents, you know? And and the fact that he took it that way, which you were 11, you're 23 now. Yeah. It was a while ago. 12 years. I think you should, I mean, you definitely should tell them. Finding the right time is important, and only if you want to. I think that's important as well. What were you going to say, Marcus? I think one thing that, uh, that kids forget about their parents uh, is that when you look at a parent, especially once you're when you're still in your 20s, uh, especially like your early 20s, you're still getting used to the fact that your parents are people, that they're not just your parents, that they're regular people just like you are. Uh, and 12 years is a very long time. Just think about, you know, you yourself. How different of a person were you five years ago? Two years ago, three years ago, you know, like there's people go through so many changes throughout the years. Some people don't change, but obviously your father has. You have concrete proof that your father changed. You know, your brother, you know, they include your brother and his boyfriend on all of your family trips. And family trips, that's a big deal. That's not just 
inviting them over for dinner once a month or once every two months or something like that, like that, oh, I guess we have to do this. Like He includes them on family vacations, and you don't mention anything about them being weird about it or being, you know, or doing it, like, begrudgingly or anything like that. Like, he has accepted it, you know, and... And unfortunately for the two friends I was talking about, that's still not the case no, with their not. fathers. They're, they're for either one of them. No, they're, they're both still struggling with it pretty fucking hard. But the fact that your father has come to that point that it's okay and that it's not weird, that's huge. That's lucky. And that is, you you gotta respect that. You know, it, it's hard for them. And it sucks that it's fucking hard for them. But I even respect the fact that, like, my own father allows one of, uh, it was one of Henry's old friends that came out that is still good friends with my mother that he allows him and his partner to come over, which I know that sounds disgusting. Yeah, allows him to come over. Allows yeah, him yeah. to come it over. It does. But I mean, to the younger crowd, it does come it does sound disgusting, but to those of us who still remember it being such a hidden, shameful thing where it wasn't talked about at all, that's a big fucking deal. And the fact that he is fine with it. I know it allows is a little bit of a heavy word for my yeah. father because he is fine with it now, but it took him a while just even to allow them to come into the house, which pains me. It, it hurts me to say that, but I had, but that's the way it is. And I've, you know, he has struggled and has changed his mind over many years, especially with dealing with the fact that like, it, they thought I was gay for a really long time and you know which I've had my times yeah and it's uh, but it's not the most ridiculous assumption yes. to make in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but he I think in coming to terms with that and over like because they thought it for such a long time but wouldn't talk to me about it that him having come to terms with that and realizing oh, okay well I'll never see her again or I have to start accepting these things which thankfully that's the kind of person my father is. And it seems like that's the kind of person your father is too. And you just have to remember that you should respect him and because he's trying. And I don't think that you should be scared about talking to him. Yep. I think that you can do it. No, I, I absolutely think you can do it. I, I don't think you should be scared at all. Uh, and I mean, I think at this point- I mean, do it, do it in a, you know- yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it, do it in a way that do it. You know, of course, like be tactful and and don't be. I mean, I don't think you have to. Don't be casual about it. But I also don't or either. aggressive. But I think also don't think you should make it. You know, sound like the biggest thing in the entire world. And ask your brother. Talk to your brother about it. Have, have you have you to talked your to your brother about this? Does your brother know you're gay? Uh, it's possible that maybe he doesn't. And if you talk to him about it and ask him. You know, how does, ask him how your father treats him when they're in private, when it's just the two of them. Is it any different? Does he treat you any differently because uh, he believes you're straight or anything like that? Get a feel for how your father is with it these days, you know, just, yeah. Gather a little intel. Definitely. And, and, and also remember that in these two instances that I'm speaking of with my friends, no matter what happened, they're happier. They were happier after they did it. Yeah. They were more sure of themselves and they felt like they weren't hiding who they were anymore, which is 
a really big problem, especially to go until you're 25, 29 years old, even 23. It's like that's a, 23 years of not being able to go into your parents' home and to be completely yourself. Yeah. Because although a lot of people are able to keep it from their parents or they want to keep it from their parents, it's all your own fucking choice. You're allowed to do whatever you fucking want to do. But personally, you know, if I was like completely like I'm only dating women now, I feel like it would be hard for me to completely be myself in front of my parents. Of course. You know, because it's a big fucking part of you. But a lot of people keep a lot of shit from their parents, too. And I'm a fucking open book. I'm a... Yeah, me too. You know? So it just depends on who you are. But it seems like you really want this shit to work out, man. And definitely talk to your brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely talk to him. And if you haven't come out to him, then tell you what, man, that's one hell of a trial run. Yeah. Or both your brothers, really. You've yeah. got two yeah, brothers. Yeah, yeah. You've got a... You know, you've got a, You're the youngest kid, uh, and you've got two older brothers to talk to. So talk to them first. You know, and it's not, and I don't know how your mom fits in all this. I don't know what her attitudes towards all this are. Like, I don't know if you should talk to her before you talk to your dad and save your dad for last. I don't know. You're the only one that knows what kind of people they are. You know, that, that is definitely up to you, whether you want to tell them together or tell them separately. Um, I would say definitely your brothers is a dry run. When I was, when I was dating women, I did tell my sister first. Yeah. Because I was like, well, that's, I need to, I need to start slow here before I get into the lion's den. But, uh. Oh, and by the way, uh, nice balls. He sent us a picture of his balls. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Good balls. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was before he sent this letter, but he did send us a picture. Good balls. Good balls. Like, real solid set on you, I buddy. mean, I've seen some rough balls, and they were good balls. <laughs> <laughs> kind of remind me of my own. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Well, oh, now I'm seeing your balls in my mind. <laughs> and I erased Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, I believe in you 1,000%. And, you know, it's good to get the... I'm glad you talked to us about it first. And now you're ready. Yeah. Now get the ball rolling. And, you know, if you want to hold off, you can hold off. Remember, you run the show. Yeah. It, it is your choice when you tell them how you tell them. And if you want to tell them. Mm -hmm. And let go of that grudge, man. Yeah, man. It's nothing but a wall. Because if he's going on family vacations, he's trying a lot. Yeah. It, he's either trying or he's fully accepted it. Yes. One of the two. And so that's a huge step. Yeah. So that grudge should have, that grudge should die. You know, that, that's just something that you need to let go of. Uh, and once you do, once you let go of that grudge, then it's going to make coming out to him a lot easier. Yeah. You know, because you're not going to have that aggression. You're not going to go in there with any aggression. You're not going to go in there with uh, any sort of bad feelings. You'll go in there with probably fear and apprehension, but that's normal. All right. All right. Well, that, that's all we got for this week. Uh, if you've got any uh, questions for us or comments, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com, and we'll get to you as soon as we possibly can. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you, guys. See you next week. Bye.